What's up, everybody? How y'all doing? Look, I look like a mess of Tangle because uh, what you missed during the commercial break, all right, is I got tangled up in all my wires. And uh, so this is kind of the perks of being able to preach while you're leading worship. Is you got wires everywhere, sometimes they get tangled. We're going to get through it, amen? Um, it's, yeah, it, it came apart. It came apart around my neck. So um, I'm going to take this countryman off. I just wanted to let you all know that I'm not stripping. Uh, we're not that, we're not going to get that crazy this morning in church, but I am, hey, I'm going to take a minute and I'm just going to talk about something this morning. Amen. Obviously we've had some tech issues this morning. It's been a little bit of a nightmare. Um, just, just to let you know. Uh, so tech issues are always fun. We hate tech issues, but we love tech because it makes things pretty and it makes things shiny and it makes things awesome. But you know what? Tech is not needed. And here's the deal. I'm just going to set y'all free this morning. We are the temperature setters in the church. Amen. We're the temperature setters for everything. And so, listen, I want to applaud the way y'all worship this morning because I think that, listen, it's really easy to get derailed. And uh, I'm proud of y'all. That, that's an awesome church to have you stand up behind me because can you imagine being up on stage and having that happen? Um, but I want to thank you guys. But I want to encourage you to continue to do that today because we do not allow things to set the temperature for us. We are children of God. We are a church. Amen. Let's give God praise. And I'll just let you know, man, he's worthy. And I've been having this message burning in me for a little bit. And honestly, uh, man, I've been excited about preaching it. And things have been happening since like starting. Yes. Well, honestly, starting about the end of last week, things started happening uh, to the point to where there, there was a good part that I was like, I wonder if I'm even going to get to finish my notes all the way. So listen, I could tell you that today was a day in the making. So if you're here, you're listening to this, you've came for a purpose. I can tell you that. I can tell you didn't just come to church. I can, I can tell you that everything has been trying to go wrong but we're not going to let it derail. Amen? Amen. Are y'all ready to have church this morning? Hey, welcome back, Pastor Josh, Pastor Kelly. You guys are awesome. I love to have you back because now I can hand off all the random tech stuff to you. And, uh, <laughs> um, no, we, we missed you guys. Uh, I want to take a second and thank all the leaders and volunteers over the last couple of weeks that's just stepped in. And honestly, we didn't even know you were gone. So, no, hey, seriously, that's a testament to our leaders. Our leaders are amazing. We had a PRC banquet that happened uh, during the, the time frame that our pastor just left without telling anybody. And, uh, you know, and then I had to, uh, I had to get uh, sermon notes and stuff like that. No, it's been great. I want to thank our leaders. And uh, our pastor got to go and see some of his family become the lead pastors of a church that they've been at in Texas, right? So that's amazing. Most of us, amen, give God praise, yeah. So most of us know pastors Corey and Adam. Um, they were children's pastors here for a long time. They're part of our family, man. And so they are now the lead pastors at the church that they've been on staff for a couple of years in Texas. And so that's exciting. So they went out there to, of course, support them. And they, then they had a conference. And uh, it, was, it was just an amazing time. He's been sending me pictures of barbecue, which you know, that is, that is my calling. That is my love language right there. Send me some pictures of barbecue, and I love it. Um, but it's been a powerful time, and I really think that the leaders and, and our, our volunteers here stepped up to make that happen. Thank you so much. Um, if you're going to be following along this morning, I'm going to give you a couple of seconds to get there. It's uh, Acts 27 is where we're going to start. We're going to start in verse 14. You can follow along on the screens, and I'm going to tell you this is going to be kind of a chunk of Scripture, so um, you might get bored. I know if you're like me, I always have great intentions. Like, I get my phone out, and I'm like, I'm going to read my Bible along with them. But then uh, I ADD, and so I just end up looking at the screens anyway. And then I'm like, why do I have my phone? So, um, you know, I'm just, just a little peek inside my brain. It says, but the weather changed abruptly. And a wind of typhoon strength called a northeaster burst across the island and blew us out to sea. The sailors couldn't turn the ship into the wind, so they gave up and let it run before the gale. Someone say they gave way. 
that gave way. Oh man, that's a good response. It's going to be a good day in church. I'm just going to tell y'all. It may have it may have started out a little ugly, but I'm going to tell you it's going to end good. Um, my prayer today is that no one, no one would give way to their storms, right? Because because we're all going to be in a season of storms. But my prayer today is that when you leave here, you're not going to give way to them. It says in verse 16, we sailed along the sheltered side of a small island named Calda. Now, listen, every class that I've ever taken that has anything to do about Bible has pronounced that town differently. It don't matter. I'll call it Claudia if you want me to. I don't care. It's just a town. Amen. Can we do it? Not a town. Island. Sorry. Um, Calda where with great difficulty we hoisted aboard the lifeboat being towed behind us. Then the sailor bound ropes around the hull of the ship to strengthen it, and they were afraid of being driven across to the sandbars of Sirtis off the African coast. That sounds pretty bad, I'm not going to lie. Off the uh, sandbars of Sirtis. That sounds like something like fr from old myths, you know, from, from Sirtis. It just sounds like something you don't want to end up getting your boat stuck on. I don't know. So they lowered the sea anchor to slow the ship, and they were driven before the wind. The next day, as gale force winds continued to batter the ship, listen to this, the crew began throwing the cargo overboard. The crew began to throw the cargo overboard. You'll need to remember that later. I want you to put your finger on that and remember that right there. The following day, they even took some of the ship's gear, and they threw that Overboard. Now, this gear would not just include foresaid uh, cargo that we talked about, but it would also include uh, their, their fishing stuff, their, their provisions. Can you imagine being so scared that you're just like, no, just throw the food over <laughs> or throw the fishing lines over. So they're throwing everything over. At this point, they're like, let's just get through the storm and then we'll figure it all out on the other side. Right, so they're, they're getting rid of it. And, and, and listen to this. The whole purpose of the journey was to take prisoners and to take cargo to Rome. So they're throwing over the cargo. I can tell you, I'll give you a little insight. We're not going to get onto it there because it doesn't have nothing to do with my message today. But they wanted to throw the prisoners over. The whole purpose of this ship going to Rome, and by the way, they left after Paul told them not to because he knew that this was going to happen. Oh, I told you so. They hurt, don't they? They don't hurt anymore when it's like the person's right. It might, I, I think it might actually hurt more. You know what I mean? Um, but as I was thinking about this, the whole purpose of their journey was to get that stuff off. And they are abandoning, abandoning their purpose for where they're at right now in a storm. And I think that this mirrors our life right? I, I think that we tend to give up what we carry when we get into the storms. And let me tell you what I mean by that is not our cargo, not our, our provisions, but we tend to care, uh, let go of that authority and that power that we carry through the name of Jesus Christ as soon as we hit a storm, right? Verse 20, it says, the terrible storm raged for many days, blotting out the sun and stars until at last all hope was gone. Man, you can feel the weight of that scripture right there until at last all hope was gone. And here's what I know is there are a lot of people that are going through storms, going through seasons in their life, and they've been beaten by the storm so bad that they have given up hope today. Maybe you're in here and that's you. Maybe you're watching online and that's you. If not, can I just tell you, storms are going to happen and so let's lean in today. Let's pay attention because what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you some things that I think will help you be prepared when the storms of life happen. Amen? And, and so, listen, they had given up all hope. And again, that's where some of us operate. We've given all hope of, of ever beating depression, of, of ever beating any type of addiction. We've given up all hope right? And, and so what happens then is we start to accept the storms in our life as normal. And, and, and furthermore, if we continue on that path, we don't know what to do when, when things good do happen to us, right? We don't know, we don't focus on that stuff because to us, it's not that the, the storms of life are going to happen and we're going to walk on through, walk through unscathed. It's the good things in life are going to happen and we're going to walk through scathed. So listen, 
I believe today that those people that may have came in here and, and you're like, man, my hope is shaken. My hope has been beaten. My hope is just not really where it needs to be. I believe that already I've been praying for you all week. Our leaders have been praying for you all week. Our, our, our uh, volunteers this morning, we prayed all week. And I just believe that God is going to restore that hope today. Amen. Here, here's the deal. So if that's our prayer, if that's kind of our, our main thing is to, to restore hope this morning, um, the Bible says that he gives a hope that does not disappoint. Now that's amazing because there's a lot of things we get disappointed in our lives. And I'll be honest with you, sometimes, have you ever been there where you, where you wanted something to happen and you had hope that something would happen, but then it disappointed you? <laughs> Listen, the Bible says that the hope that he gives does not disappoint Mm, I'm going to preach before I even get done with my scripture, y'all. Go preach. Verse 21, it says, No one had eaten for a long time. And finally, Paul called the crew together and said, Men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. There's that I told you so. Just had to get it in there, right? I love it. You would have avoided all, somebody say all, all the damage and loss. But take courage. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. Awesome. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> Verse 23, he says, I, I, actually, I, I can tell you he's trying to encourage them. <laughs> and he says, for last night, listen to this. Listen to the, the just sheer way that Paul describes himself and his God here. He says, for last night, an angel of the God whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. That is good Bible right there. Paul is saying, who I belong to and whom I serve, listen to that, stood beside me. Some of us don't feel like God is standing there beside us. And can I just tell you, he is. And you may not even feel like he is. You know what? Paul is one of these amazing people that just responds, like everything in the Bible that he responds to, it's like, that's amazing. I love you, Paul. You should have probably been the, you know, like, you should have cloned yourself or something. We might be a little bit better, you know? And I, I was thinking of Paul and I was thinking of the way he, he carries stuff and the way he responds to stuff. And I, I was like, I, I think it, it falls down to whom I belong and whom I serve and stood beside me. I love that. So Paul stood up in this storm showing what he was still carrying, that authority and that power and that promise, right? And, and, and can I tell you, we, we carry the same authority in us today. We, we carry the same power. We carry the, the same things that Paul was operating in here with us today. And so I want to help you operate like this. Amen. And he, he said, don't be afraid. This is the angel talking to Paul. He said, don't be afraid for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. Now that's some good news right there. Hey buddy, don't worry. You're not going to die in this terrible shipwreck. Your ship's going to go down. You're going to lose everything. You're going to be shipwrecked on an island, but don't worry. You're still in prison. <laughs> right? 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 Okay. So you're still in prison. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. Be careful who you put in your entourage, guys. Listen, Everyone sailing with you. For and so here's what Paul says to the rest of the crew. He says, so take courage, for I believe God, and it will be just as he said. Now, I want to ask you this morning, have you ever been in a situation where you're like, man, I don't need this right now? Like, or, or maybe I don't deserve this right now. Or this isn't what I need happening right now. But I can tell you that storms are not convenient. But here are a couple of things I know about storms. Are y'all ready for this? They are not meant to be destructive. That's number one. They are not meant to be destructive. Think of, think of storms. They're cyclical. They're, 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 meant to, they're meant to bring life. A lot of the times we, we talk about April showers and we talk about and we joke about all the rain that happens in the spring and all the storms that happen in the spring. But man, we sure do enjoy those flowers. I don't enjoy cutting grass I used to, but then I became an older gentleman. And I just don't enjoy it quite as much, right? Here's another thing I know about storms is they're, they're meant to be restorative. They're meant to be restorative. 
My wife and I went on a cruise, and I think it was 2011. It was our first cruise, and uh, it was amazing. We went with, with my family. We didn't have kids. <laughs> I love my kids, but, man, I don't know what a date is like anymore. You know what I mean? But listen, the, the cruise was amazing. And here's what I realized, though, is it was a little rockier than what I had been told. And when I got there and we were talking to some of the crew and they were like, well, actually we're following like a pretty big hurricane, which is why we're kind of like hanging back. And I'm, I'm sitting there thinking my mind is blown because in front of us, you have a hurricane. Now this is destruction galore. This is things that people are scared of. This is a, this is a storm that people literally will just move sometimes to get out of the seasons of these storms and here we are we're following it but here's what I started to notice now it was a little bit cooler than normal in that time of year it was about 70 to 75 and and windy um, normally it's about 90 at that time so we did have the temperature drop a little bit but everything else guys the sky was so crystal clear and beautiful I don't think the skies looked like that since Eden you know what I mean the sky was so beautiful the water was so beautiful there was wildlife we were seeing sea turtles we were seeing all kinds of stuff and you could just walk out onto the deck of this ship and you could just breathe fresh air and, and, and so I was thinking as I was writing this message, I'm like, but we were following a hurricane. <laughs> All that destruction that we associate with the hurricane, we don't focus on the restoration afterwards. We don't, we don't focus in the way it changes our weather, the way it, it, it makes our, our trees grow, the way it makes our plants grow. We don't focus on the beauty of the storms. We focus on the destructiveness of the storm. And, Here's kind of the last thing that I wanted to share with you about a storm is they can be beautiful. They can be beautiful. Now, I used to live in this, like, it was this house. Uh, I grew up there for better part of my teenage years. We had five acres in the middle of nowhere. It was awesome. Um, but we were kind of elevated. And so what we could do is you, we had, like, a halfway wraparound porch. So it wasn't fully around our house, but it was, like, corner wrapped around to the other corner. And we had a swing. Anytime it would rain or storm, we could go out there and we could watch it. And I love it. Man, I could sleep through a thunderstorm, let it rain, let it thunder. Mm, I'm telling y'all, I might go to sleep now. Don't let some thunder stuff start happening. I'm gonna lay down right here on this stage. All right, so I remember watching it and I loved it. And I remember the way we could do is like I could actually see way off in the distance. You know what I'm talking about now? I'm not saying I could see Shirley's house in, in Paulding County. But what I'm saying is I could see storms happening. And it was just so pretty because you'll see lightning flash and you'll just see all these clouds. And I loved it. But, but here's what I know about that situation is I had the protection of my house. I had the protection of my porch. I had the protection of distance. And so all of those things that I was able to, all of those opinions, all of those things that I was able to have about a storm, I was able to have about it because I was distanced and I was protected. So even in the middle of a storm when I was at the house, I had the porch. And, and, and listen, when, when storms are destructive in our lives, oftentimes that's where we see it. We see it in the things that we call normal, in our normality of life. Amen. A bad storm may damage your car. It may damage your house. You know, like I've lived here my whole life. I've never had hell damage on my, on my house. I know that some people have. I never have. So that shows you sometimes storms, you know, they're weird. I've never had hell damage on my car. Uh, it's just kind of one of those things. Maybe I'm super lucky. Maybe I walk around with authority. You know,
Um, all right. <laughs> I knew it was going to be there. I told you. I said, I said prepare for it, right? <laughs> it's the things we tend to look for for protection. That's the things that we tend to notice gets damaged, right? There, therefore, we, we only think of storms as destructive. And, and really, in fact, most of the time, there's a purpose in the storm. And we just get caught up in it. We just get in the way of it, right? Because I can tell you that there is no mean tornadoes out there that is going to come to your house and viciously attack you. But what I can tell you is sometimes we're right in the middle of a path of a tornado. And, and so I say all of this to say that if we can find the purpose of the storm, if we can look at the storm as not only being a destructive force, if we can look at the storm as being something that can be restorative, if we look at the storm as being something that, that exists for a purpose, wouldn't it change maybe the way we walk through our storms? I think it would. I, I think it would change the way that we walk through our storms because we don't ever really want to walk through devastation. And when we're in the middle of devastation, we want to get out, right? We don't want to try to find the purpose in it. We don't want to try to be in there for any longer than we have to, and especially right now because I can tell you something about God. I love it. I love him so much. He's changed my life. But he has a plan, and he is smarter than I, and he knows the plan that he has for me. But I can tell you he has not let me know all of that plan. So when I am going through stuff, I don't always know how it's going to end. I don't always know when it's going to end. But I can tell you I can have hope knowing that it's going to end. I can have hope knowing that it doesn't matter how it ends. There's going to be a purpose in it. And, and, and that's what Paul's saying here is, is he's saying, really, you got to realize the purpose, right? We see this. He's not, Paul's not just in like a physical storm. The, he, he doesn't just talk about this in his physical storms. He talks about this in every storm in his life. We see that Paul was just built different, right? I love reading about Paul because I'm like, man, if I want to be encouraged, I'm going to read about Paul because I'm like, uh, I'm like, I'm going to read about Paul and Jesus. Obviously, they're they're awesome. They're they're like the leaders. They're my favorite characters to to uh, read and study in the Bible, and I just love it. But I, I was I was thinking, okay, so Paul was built differently. So I wonder why, and I wonder if that's because he realized that. Even if the storm destroyed all the things around him, that there was still going to be a purpose in the storm. He was going to have a greater protection and a greater authority because here's the deal. The whole ship was destroyed in the storm and at no point did Paul care. <laughs> Paul was like, we're going to be okay. That's all I need to know. At the end of the day, that bill is paid. You know what I'm saying? And, and so I think that if we, can, if we can get there, if we can just kind of tighten the way we view these things, he knew that there was a greater protection. He knew that there was a greater purpose. And, and he carried that with such authority that even in the midst of a deadly storm, he can stand up and say, you know what? I don't care. Here's another thing. He listened to God. As I was reading this story, and honestly, as I study Paul, I noticed that he just listens to God, like a lot. Like he'll ask a question, and then he'll he'll listen. <laughs> and it's really amazing to me because I think that that that's the plan for our relationship with God in the first place. Amen. It, is that we can have this this closeness to God where we can come and talk to Him, and He can, He'll answer. And then when we listen, you know, but but. At the end, Paul knew that it was going to be okay. He's going to lose everything. They're going to be on this weird island. But at the end of it, it's going to be okay. God's going to use it for his betterment. And I love that word betterment right there because that's what Paul viewed this as. He viewed this as betterment. Any opportunity to be used by God, Paul counted as an honor. And so we start to see just these little things and in his perspective as he viewed things and in his character as he walked these things out. Um, I'm going to tell you something that I personally believe. I don't believe that God causes storms in our lives. I do believe that we can cause storms in our own lives. But that's another, that's another message for another day. Now, here's why I believe that. I'm not like this is just me. I believe that God doesn't cause those storms. He allows them. And here's why. Um, Job, he allowed right? We, we know that. He allowed to happen. That, it, man, isn't that some authority? 
Could you imagine being the bad guy in this story and you have to go get permission, <laughs> you know? And then after the great flood, like we know that that was to destroy all the evil in the world, but what happened after it was over? God made a promise. And so we see from, from the beginning of the Bible as we see like the Bible was started out for men to commune with God and we were supposed to just be in the garden and I don't like fruit because I just don't care that much for it, but we were eating barbecue in my garden with Jesus and we were walking every day in my garden with Jesus and I could tell you <laughs> that after that point, we started seeing a separation, but then when God made this promise, we started to see a shift, a shift from that sh separation into a restoration of humanity, right? And we see that that kind of happened as we go through the end of the Old Testament. We're seeing that things would happen, God would come, God would restore, God would do this. And then finally, this journey meant that he gave us his son so that he wouldn't have to keep going back <laughs> so, that, so that the sin was paid for once and for all. And Jesus did that. And, and, and listen to me, we get to be a part of that journey. We get to be a part of that restoration of man and God. We get to be a part of that because Jesus loves people so much that he wants to use you. Because here's another thing, when God does something in your life and you tell people about it, they love to hear about it. There are going to be people that you're going to tell your testimony to that are going to hear stuff that they wouldn't have listened to from anybody else. It's amazing how God will give people that platform when you, when you live like this. And, and, and so in this journey, I started thinking we're not even at the conclusion yet. We're not even at the climax we haven't even made it to the good part because here's the deal. We get to be in the presence of God down here. We get to see lives change. We get to see our lives changed, and we get to do life with people. And sometimes it's ugly. Sometimes it's beautiful. But you know what? It's life. And, and it's amazing. And we can make all the impact that we can while we're here. But the good stuff doesn't start till we're gone. And we're face to face in Jesus, in front of Jesus. Because you just think his presence is strong when we're down here worshiping, and it is because he promises his presence. But can you imagine what's going to happen when we can lay eyes on our Savior, when we, can, when we can be right there with our Savior? Man, it's going to be amazing. Hadn't even climaxed yet. And, and, and so, to be honest, no, I don't believe that God causes the storms. I believe that he allows them. And, and here's why. Um, <clears throat> I'm... I believe that God allows them to happen because here's what I started thinking. If God is allowing something to happen, then I can have hope and confidence in a couple of things, right? I can have hope and confidence in that he'll use the storm, that he'll be with me through the storm, that there will never be too much to bear in the storm and there will always be restoration. And, and here's why I believe that because these are taken from promises in the Bible, right? When the fires of life arise, this is one of my favorite scriptures, fires of life arise, you'll walk un, uh, through unscathed, right? I will never leave you or forsake you, one of our favorite ones, man. I know that my God works everything out for my good, right? These are promises in the Bible and, and by the way, these are fulfilled promises that are sealed in your salvation as a Christian. So make no mistake, if you're a Jesus follower this morning, then you can say that these promises are yours and you can walk in them and have hope in them and have confidence in them. And that brings me to my first point this morning. If you're taking notes, um, the Bible says that there's a greater chance of you getting into heaven if you take notes. Um, so I just want to encourage you this. Some of y'all didn't think that was a joke. <laughs> some of y'all, some of y'all like, oh, that stinks. I'm not going, <laughs> you know, no. Um, but if you're taking notes, this is my first point. There's always hope in the storm. There's always hope in the storm. The issue <laughs> is that we forget that when we were in the moment and 
sometimes we get stuck, right? Have you ever gotten stuck? Sometimes we, we get stuck and we're praying, we're praying God and we're, we're getting up and we're making decisions and we're saying, hey, today's going to look different. But what happens is today starts to look a lot like yesterday or it starts to look a lot last week and you start to feel stuck. And, and here's what happens is when we start getting that way, a lot of times we start praying like that and we stop praying from the boldness of like a child of God and we start praying from like this person that's just begging God to kill him. You know what I'm saying? It's like, please just let this stop. And, and see, I think about this and I'm like, you know, um, a lot of times we're praying only to get out of our storms. We're not praying for the purpose in the storm. We're not praying for what God would use to show us in the storm. We're not praying for the sick people waiting on Malta. We're praying that we'll be taken out of the storm because oftentimes in that moment, it feels like it can be too much to bear, but then there's another promise. It, it, the, the, the Bible says that he will provide a way out so that we're not crushed. Amen. Now, it does say that it will rain on the just and unjust. It does say that, that we will walk through stuff as Christians. It does not say we will be invincible. It will not say we will, we will be immune or exempt from any of these things. It says, I've got you. So there's hope in the storm, right? And, and, and some people are like, Pastor Jeremy, I, w I wish I was stuck <laughs> because that would be way better than not knowing where I'm going because right now the storm's blowing me so much that I don't even know what we're going to do. And right now I'm just trying to survive now. And so what I would say to that is, listen, I'm about to read a scripture and we're going to see what Jesus did in a storm. And I want to just encourage you as we're, as you're in the middle of the storm and you feel like that, listen, listen to how Jesus responds in a storm. In Mark 4, verse 37 through 38, it says, but soon a fierce storm came up, high waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. That is a storm. Like if you've ever been out on a thunderstorm or something like that on a lake, that's a storm. That's crazy. You know, that's a, that's a good one. Listen to this. Jesus was sleeping at the back of a boat, at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. Jesus is, he loves storms. He loves sleeping. He loves naps. That's why I love Jesus. Amen. All right. So the disciples woke him up and listen to what they said to him. They were shouting, teacher, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? I guess so. Cause he's on the boat, right? Right, it's funny, yeah, but, but like we laugh at this question, but don't we have that question? Like we don't verbally ask it a lot, but it's there. And I want to go off on a little side note. There's just a couple of bunnies running up here on stage. I'm going to chase them for a minute. We're going to be fine. Um, why don't we ask God the questions that we have when they pop in there? Because let me just tell you, my kids ask me some doozies. And it's so funny because they will come up to me and they will ask them with boldness. And Lila's like this thing because Lila and Judah are 100 miles an hour till they just finally drop somewhere and go to sleep. So if I'm telling them anything that I really want them to know, I have to grab their face, look at me, look me in the eyes, mm -hmm, you know, and talk to them. And, and, and so they will walk up now. Lila's gotten to the point to where she'll go, look me in the eyes, right? And she'll go, she'll walk up and she'll just ask me some doozies. But you know what? The reason why they ask me some doozies is because they know their position with me. They know their relationship with me. And so they can come to me and they can ask me stuff with boldness. And you know what I've found myself doing most often? Smiting them. No, I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> I normally answer them, except for they're six and four. So sometimes I give them age-appropriate answers. But most of the time, I'll answer them. And I wonder what our relationships with God would look like this morning if the questions that we struggle with in our mind and in our heart, we would just ask. I wonder if we wouldn't see God answer back. 
more often. And I say more often right there because I would be willing to bet that a lot of us here, if I could say, hey, what would you change in your relationship with God? And you made me a list. I guarantee you somewhere on that list, you would say, I'd like to hear God more. I would like to see God answer my prayers more. I would like to feel God more. And, and yet we run around carrying boldness and carrying authority because we're adopted children of God, but we're scared to go up and ask God the questions that very could change your life. And, and, and so let me break this down just a little bit more. There's not a single thing that I can think of in my brain right now that I would not ask my wife. Uh, and vice versa. We've been married almost 15 years, and, and honestly, there's not a single thing I could think of that she doesn't know about me or that I don't know about her. And, and there's a closeness that is born out of boldness to talk to people. Isn't that what relationship is? But yet we're scared to do it to the most important person in our life. And really, perhaps the, the one person, because I know it feels awesome to be prayed for by your friends, and I know by our community, and we carry power. The Bible says that. But you know what? God is the power. And so when we're scared to walk into his throne room and be like, man, listen, what's going on with this storm? A lot of the times we fail to hear some very important things from God. Anyway, I'm going to let that, that rabbit scuttle off, and we'll return to our regularly scheduled program. I don't know who that was for, but uh, let's, let's give that a whirl, right? Here's another thing I've, I've learned is that you can't avoid storms, <laughs> but you can maximize them. You can't avoid them, but you can maximize them, right? Uh, you can let them bring about a tenacity and a confidence. That's what we're seeing in Paul, right? We're, we're seeing this tenacity and this confidence because he stood up in front of a bunch of people. And at some point, keep in mind, they're wanting to throw everybody over. So he's telling these men, the God who I belong to and who I serve came to me while we're on y'all's ratchet little boat because y'all didn't listen to me in the middle of a storm. And he told me that I'm going to be okay. But then he also told me that all of y'all are going to be okay because you are here. And, and, and so listen to what that storm brought about in Paul. And make no mistake, those people were saved because Paul was on that boat. And so I was thinking about that. The storms brought out this tenacity and this boldness in Paul because he told dudes that could have killed him very easily that, hey, I told you so, right? And that brings me to my second point today is there is a way through the storm. There is a way through the storm. Now, I'm going to warn you for a minute right here. Um, it, this message is going to be, I believe it's going to be really good and life-changing to a lot of people, but it's going to get a little tight right here. Can we just lean in and just, just embrace the awkwardness, right? Um, since we're talking about storms, since we're talking about shipwrecks, I wanted to talk to you about perhaps one of the most famous shipwrecks, Titanic. Last night when I was kind of go, going over this and kind of seeing where I'm at with time and trimming the fat off and making this barbecue taste good, um, I was starting to think about this and I was like, I, I, I started saying it and I'm like, Titanic, yeah, and, I, and I said Titanics. And Rachel looked at me and she's like, that's not a thing. And it was really funny because then, you know, it turned into a thing because I don't know if y'all have heard, but there's always been this joke about making a Titanic sequel movie. Anyway, bad preacher joke. None of y'all got it. Y'all left me all hanging up here with nothing. But um, no, so the Titanic, most historians believe that the ship was doomed before they ever left port. And if you know a lot about the Titanic, uh, it's always been like, what's the one thing that you just, everybody seems to know as it was the unsinkable ship, right? And so they believe that they were doomed before they left because they thought they were unsinkable, so they never looked for the barriers. They didn't use the safeguards that were put in place to, to keep them safe. And, and, and what I'm saying this morning is some of us are the Titanic. Right? Some of us are, are, are living and we have the confidence of the vessel. 
we have the confidence of the vessel and we tend to skip the foundational steps that that would safeguard us through the storms and prepare us through the storms and build foundation of carrying that protection and carrying that authority of Jesus. And here's what that looks like. Some of us, we're, our storms all look different. Some of us is just buried a loved one. Some of us, are, our marriage might be having issues. Some of us may have just closed a chapter on your life that you spent a great deal of your life doing. Maybe you retired or maybe you had to shut down a business or, or, or leave a position. What was that? What? I don't even know what that was. I said position. <laughs> I guess I need like my old school Kentucky uh, plantation colonel type cat hat if I'm going to talk like that, right? Um, but rather than heal and mourn, you think you're unsinkable. You think you're unsinkable. And that's how we end up being like the Titanic. And listen, God puts safeguards around you, all around you. He puts his word. He puts his presence. He, he puts his community. Amen. Thank you for, for our praying people in this church that love us and pray with us. He, he, he puts people in your life. He puts pastors in your life. He puts leaders, friends in your life, all as safeguards. But here's where the story gets really interesting. Here's the part that I didn't know because I've, I've obviously seen the documentary. The crew did not tell anyone for an hour and a half. Now, this iceberg ripped a 300-foot hole in the side of this ship. And the crew didn't tell anybody for an hour and a half because they thought they were unsinkable. They had a hole in the ship. The ship was taken on water, but yet they didn't know that they were going to go down. And by the time they did know that they were going to go down, it was too late. And again, we see this mirrored in our life sometimes. We see this that sometimes even after we start to see that we're struggling, sometimes after we start to see that we're not doing good, we, we try to lock up and we try to get brave and we try to do things by ourselves. We become an island. Does anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? Come on, some people that's been out there and done that before, right? We lock up because Here's the thing, we don't want people to know that things are going on. We don't want people to think we're, we're weak. And I'm going to just say this, honestly, men, you are bad about this. We are bad about this. You, that was weird. I am a man. Um, we are bad about this. We are bad about being scared to show weakness. And a lot of times what it ends up doing, can I preach for five minutes? What it does is it leaves us absent from the church. And it leaves us absent from our wives' lives that need you. It leaves us absent from our kids' life that mirrors you. Because I can tell you my kids are absolutely 100% sold out and love their mom. Something special. But there is something coming from that daddy. There is something different. And man, I'm telling, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I keep looking at Lawrence because he's the only guy right here and, and, and my friend over here. So, um, you know, don't be offended, Lawrence. I'm not preaching to just you. Um, man, we need you. The church needs you. The church looks like it does today and struggles with the things that it does today because we do not have you and we are missing a big part of what the body of Christ looks like. <clears throat> Awkward. Okay. So you think it's going to make you look weak. And so here's what happens is a lot of the time we take the lesser of two evils, or at least what we believe to be the lesser of two evils. And we start to pretend that we can be perfect. And we try to be that and we try to have it all together. But deep down inside, we've got a hole in the ship right? And, and, and listen to me, that's a trick. If you're wondering that weakness and, and, and that shame that you feel, that is a trick because that is a trick of the enemy to try to make someone who could be unsinkable, sinkable. Because we have the ability to go to God. We have the ability to go to friends and community and get prayer. And we have the ability to see his word and let it speak into our lives. And so when we don't, when we don't do that and we say that it's because we think we're being strong, it's not. I'm telling you, it's a lie. And we've believed it. And if you believe that right now, listen to me. Shake that off. I'm not fussing at anybody. Shake that off. All right. 
Because here's what I see so clearly <laughs> in, the, in the Titanic is not only in the end did the people that were down there, the crew and the workers and the captain and all that, not only did they suffer the loss, but everybody suffered the loss. The people that were on the Titanic that had nothing to do with the decision, that had nothing to do with the situation. Listen to me, church. Listen to me. I'm going to preach for a couple of seconds. Listen, you are not the only one that can end up hurt. When you bring or when you push people, it's, it's weird because you're like, well, if I push people away, how do people get hurt? But, but when you do that, you are not the only one that gets hurt. You end up hurting people. And so listen, I encourage you today, bring people in. Bring people in that will encourage you. Bring people in that will pray for you. Bring people in that will push you to be a better version of yourself. Amen? <clears throat> listen, if we're going to bring people in, we're going to have community, we're going to talk to God more, we're going to do all these things, then I'm saying, hey, let's, let's give this a whirl. I wonder what it would look like if we try this. If we're going to do all this, then one thing that I believe is that storms won't be as intimidating. Because have you noticed that when things are scary, they're not quite as scary when you're not alone? Right now, we're in this church, and man, we're surrounded by friends and, and family, and we have the presence of God in here. But I've been at this church at 11 o'clock at night by myself. No, it is nightmare fuel. It is absolutely terrifying. Nightmare fuel. Everything's dark. The building makes weird noises. It's crazy. You know what I'm saying? But when everybody's here, it's not as intimidating. Bring people into your life. You need community. Since I'm, since I'm preaching, listen, I'm, I'm about to close. I'm about to land this ship. But since I'm preaching really good, I don't like to do this very much unless it's Pastor Josh. We're, we've got a different relationship. I'll call him out publicly, and he'll do the same for me. Um, but... I don't enjoy calling people out publicly, uh, but unfortunately, sometimes that's part of church life, right? It's getting so tense. I wish all the people online, they just turned off because they're like, I don't need this. But y'all can't go anywhere. Sometimes you have to, as a pastor, call people out and be careful who you put into your entourage. I'm going to tell you why. Because not everybody is going to pray for you. Not everybody is going to encourage you. Not everybody is going to have your best. And well, let me just show you the pick. Miss CJ, will you turn up, pick one for me? Um, this is, see, see this, is, this is my good friend Rose. Okay, and that is her good friend Jack. Right? Here's the deal. See, some of y'all are preaching my message for me. Y'all don't spoil it for everybody. What do y'all do? Tweet about the ending of the Batman 2? Okay. So, here we have Rose. And if you don't know, she's floating on the little piece of wood. I believe it's a door. I believe it's like a broke door, a wooden door. Either way, it's a plank of wood. Water's cold. And you see my good friend Jack, and he's dying <laughs> in the water there. See, I know you think they're kissing. I even heard some alls in there. No, he's dying. <laughs> this is not sweet. She is murdering that man. Um, so I want to tell you, I want to tell you, don't let Rose be your entourage because, and here's, now some of y'all that were helping me preach my message, y'all get this, but some of y'all don't get this. Will you bring up that next pick, Miss CJ? Here's why you don't let Rose in your entourage. Now, at some point, they're having a picnic on one of those. Now, my first thought was maybe these guys are quite a bit smaller or more, but look at the top picture, and you'll see that homegirl was like, nah, I just want the whole bed. <laughs> hey, hey, listen, listen, be careful who you let in to your entourage. Right? Because 
not everybody is going to encourage you. Not everybody is going to help you out of the storm. And can I tell you something today? There are going to be some people in your life that are going to make your storms worse. And it's probably time that you start to push. One of the hardest things I ever had to do as a teenager, I had to do this. I got saved as a teenager. I drank like a fish as a teenager. I uh, partied, I did all kinds of things, and I knew there was no way I'm going to live my new life and be around my old life. So one day, and I kid you not, you can go on my Facebook and message every single one of my friends from back in the day and ask them this story. I walked in, I had a meeting, and I said, hey guys, I love you. I got saved. I accepted Jesus into my life. I would love it if you would do the same, but I'm going to make a, a drastic life change, and that includes all of this stuff. So if you're wanting to come with me, come on the journey with me, and if not, then I'm going to have to distance myself from you. I love you. You will remain my friends, and I hope you understand I'm not doing it to hurt you. I'm doing it to help me so that I can come back in 10 years when I'm not crazy and, and dealing with all the things that you're dealing with, and I can help you. And I can help you. Worship team, if you'll go ahead and come on up. We're going we're gonna to close with this. I'm, I'm getting really close. We know that with Jesus in our boat, there's hope. But not just that, right? We know that there's strategy, right? We know that there's a way out. We know that there's a way through the storm. But here's the, the last thing that I need you to know. There's victory on the other side of the storm. There's victory on the other side of the storm. And listen, that victory is not just for us, right? It's not just for us that are going through that storm. See, I told you that God often will, will have a larger purpose. I say often, he will always have a larger purpose, right? He always has a larger purpose. And, and so when we get to see that in operation, man, it builds your faith. And so we see that Paul... Um, they ended up on the island of Malta, right? They, he, he didn't know what awaited them there. He didn't know what would happen there, or at least we don't get any preview to that information. I mean, he was chatting with an angel in his bunk bed, so who knows what, what information he had. But from all the evidence and all the scripture, he didn't know why he was going. He did know that he was going to be saved from the storm, but he didn't know why he was going and so the story would go on and everything happened just as Paul said that it would happen right and so they they were on Malta the ship was destroyed their ship wrecked and Paul started noticing that the people on Malta were sick and it started with with one person and they brought that person to Paul and Paul was like you know what I know a guy he prayed for him and the guy was healed and so then what happens next is the, the, the scripture said that all of the sick of the island started coming to Paul for healing. Does anybody know what happened in that situation? I'm going to go ahead and tell you. The Bible said that all of the sick were healed. Will someone say all this morning? All, all of the sick on the island of Malta were healed. Now you talk about a purpose. <laughs> Can you imagine what our storms would look like if that was waiting on the other side? Could you imagine how much differently we would react to our storms if that was waiting on the other side? But the problem is, is we don't know what's waiting on the other side. And so we have to be able to stand strong in this because can I just tell you, there is no faith in knowing where where the storm is going to end. I'm going to step off the, the box for a second, guys. I hold in my hand a pack of Jelly Belly Bean Boozled flavored jelly beans. Okay? Um, <clears throat> so, here's the reason that I'm holding these today. I took my son and my daughter and my wife I could have just said family, that would have been a lot easier, um, to the ice cream parlor yesterday. We got ice cream, and of course they had this, and my son was like, will you do the Bean Boozled Challenge? And I'm like, oh. And I'm like, you know what? And he was like, you know, just kidding Christmas. He's like, and I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. I'm going to read to you all some of these, these flavors, okay? Do you all know what this is? Raise your hand if you don't know what this is. 
Okay, so about half and half. All right, so what these are is it's by Jelly Belly, and you have jelly beans in here, and of each color, there's two flavors. So you have a brown that has two flavors, a pink, you have, you know, I think there's blue, green, a yellow, a sparkly looking one. Y'all know what Jelly Belly looks like. But here's the deal, one of them is a good Jelly Belly. The other one is a nasty flavor. And so I'm gonna read these flavors for you. The, the, the first one is cappuccino, or you can get liver and onions. Strawberry banana, dead fish. Pomegranate, old Band-Aid. <laughs> okay, so I'm just gonna go ahead and read the rest, all right? Juicy pear booger, buttered popcorn, rotten egg. I can tell you there's not a single difference in those two flavors. And if you like the buttered popcorn flavor of Jelly Belly, I'm sorry, I'm gonna pray for you, okay? I can tell you if you like the buttered popcorn flavor, you're gonna like the rotten egg flavor too. All right, toasted marshmallow, stink bug, <laughs> peach, vomit, berry blue or toothpaste. So I know I'm getting the blue one, right? Um, but when he asked me the first thing, now I've done this when I was a younger man and it is disgusting. Can I just tell y'all, can I be honest? Um, listen, if you've never, let's go get a little bit graphic for a, a little bit, but we're all adults, right? Um, if you've never had a booger, in your mouth, okay. Now, I'm not talking about picking your nose, you sinners. Um, but at some point, you've probably coughed or you've done something. I know that's weird, but I can tell you that this booger jelly bean right here is legit. They meant their stuff. They did their research. You know what I mean? So that scares me for the dead fish and the old Band-Aid because I've had the booger one. Um, now I say that and I use all that to say that I told my son that I would do that with him knowing that I can get all of these nasty things and that I could get, you know, probably, I'm probably going to get all the nasty things. Cause let's be honest, even if my son gets a nasty one, he's going to spit it out cause he's six and he's not stupid. Um, so, but here's what I can tell you is you can go through almost anything when you know that there's an end and you know when it is. You, you can almost go through anything. You can endure almost anything when you know where it is. And so listen to me, church. What, what God is saying is, listen, I'm not always going to show you the outcome from the beginning, but if you'll trust me, I'll prepare you to go through it. I'll walk with you through it. I'll be there with you through it. I'll see it through and I'll make it better on the other side. And it's, it's hard because we're in it. It's hard because we don't see things clearly. It's hard because we don't always hear things clearly. And so if you've noticed throughout this whole scripture, a lot of this thing is just ways to help us see clearly, see God more clearly, because you know, that's where it really boils down to in the storms is a lot of times we just get blown around and we lose sight of God. And I can tell you that God never goes anywhere. I can tell you that when we lose sight of God, we can always find him where we left him. And when we're in the middle of a storm, we may not know where we're going, but you know, he's right there in the boat. If you would this morning, let's just bow our heads and close our eyes just for the next few minutes. Whenever I preach, I, I just want to make sure that I give people that's, that's filling a draw to accept salvation. I just always wanna have a chance for that. And see, here's the deal. We're looking at a couple of stories today and Jesus in the middle of the storm, he stood up, he rebuked the wind and the storm stopped, right? Then they arrived on the other side of the lake. And as soon as they arrived, the Bible says that a demon possessed man came out of the cave to meet Jesus and Different translations say different things, but I was reading some with commentary and it was just went into how this man felt who Jesus was. And the 
the man would beg Jesus to to take these demons and to, to or the, the, I, technically it would be the demons would beg to come out. So anyway, without getting stuck into that, Jesus healed this man and it was such a drastic healing that the people saw the man and to them he looked physically different. They even said that his clothes were clean and that he looked kept. And, and, and so I was thinking about that and this man felt the difference in Jesus and so he came out of the cave and I started thinking about man a lot of us may be there today a lot of us may be in a, a, a cave in our lives right now maybe maybe you've been uh, uh, you've had a good relationship with God but maybe you've walked away or or maybe you've never had one and you feel that drawing you feel that there's something else I believe that that first of all we know it right we know when when we're getting that that presence of God we know when he's there because there is just something about it there is a peace there is a there is a a wholeness to it. I don't know any other way to describe it. But what I want to do is give you a chance if you came in today and you're like, man, I feel something different. And now I've heard about Jesus and I've heard of, of what that difference is. And now I want to know Jesus. I want to give you that chance today. The Bible says all you got to do is believe, accept, and then repent. And, and, and so those are easy. I know those sound like big, big things and big steps, but those are easy, right? You, you already believe because you, you feel God or you feel Jesus and you feel the, the presence of Jesus. So you obviously believe that there's something there, but that's not enough to just, to just believe, right? Because the Bible says that even the demons believe in God. And, and, and so then we can accept and we can accept this free gift. Listen to me. A lot of the times we try to earn this. A lot of the times we try to work for this. A lot of the times we get caught up thinking that we're not worthy of what Christ has done for us. And so we get sidetracked trying to earn that. I just want to tell you, it is a free gift. It's the free gift of salvation. And he's saying, not only is it free, but he's done it. When he died on the cross for sin, he died on the cross for your sin, my sin. And so he's saying, accept that. And so that's what I want to challenge you to do is accept that sacrifice. And then lastly, repent. And all that means is you turn away. That doesn't mean that you're perfect. That doesn't mean that tomorrow you're going to wake up and things are just instantly better. What that means is that you've turned away and you're walking a journey. And you're walking a journey with the greatest authority, the greatest power, right? The, the power that conquered the grave is what you'll be walking with. And so if that's you this morning and you said, hey, I've been, I've been feeling that, I just want to give you a chance. If that's you, I just want you to look up at the count of three. Look up at me. Let me make eye contact with you. You can look back down. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you up. One two, three. If that's you, just look up right now. I see those eyes. Thank you. Again, I'm not going to embarrass anybody. I'm not going to call out anybody. I'm not going to, this is, this is just for, for me to know how to pray. Okay. I'm going to pray for you and listen, there's not like special words or anything. Just I encourage you to pray this prayer along with me in church. Can we just repeat it after me? Father God, thank you for what you've done. Lord, I feel your presence and I accept your gift. Lord, I choose to repent from the sin that's kept me from you and I walk back into your covering this morning. In your holy name we pray, amen. Hey, can we give God praise for, for those that made a decision for Jesus this morning? I love that, it's powerful, man. That's why we do this. For, for those of us that are going through a storm, I'm gonna close by just
praying for you for a minute because I, I felt like I knew what you were going through. I felt like I knew where you were this morning. I felt a very connect, deep connection with this message. So I'm gonna pray for you, but here's what I encourage you to do. Listen to the promises of God. Recite those promises of God. When you find yourself in a storm, recite these things. Because listen, we have to get our mindset and our mindset is not automatically trained all the time to jump straight to faith-filled thoughts. I wish it was, life would be a lot easier, I can tell you that. But I wanna encourage you and I'm gonna pray for you and pray for strength. But listen to me, for those that made a decision for Jesus and those that are, that are saying, hey, I'm going through a storm, don't do it alone. Find somebody to go through this. Find somebody to walk with you. Amen, amen. Father God, I thank you for these people, Lord. I know that storms are tough. I know that storms are scary. I know that storms can, can change the trajectory of our life, Lord. But right now, what I pray is that when we're in the storm, it, it doesn't become just a constant fight for life and a, a, a fight for survival, but instead it becomes a place where the pressure is put on and we come out on the other side stronger closer to you and ready to heal the island of Malta through your power, God. That's what I pray this morning. I pray that we wouldn't be moved by our storms. I pray that we wouldn't be pushed by our storms. I pray that our hope would be restored because of your promises today, Lord. We thank you and we give you praise and we give you honor and we give you glory this morning. In your holy name we praise. Amen. Let's give him praise this morning, church. I like, I like clapping with the mic. It kind of gives me my own theme music, you know? All right. Listen, I love you guys. Thank you for uh, being here, and thank you for joining us today. It's been an amazing Sunday. It's been a weird Sunday, but it's been an amazing Sunday. I love you guys. Have a good week.